Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast. It's a breaking news edition of our podcast here. We had mentioned on the Monday episode that Tuesday we were staying tuned, seeing what James Franklin had to say during that press conference. Turned out he didn't have much to say, but just a couple hours later, the Board of Trustees got together uh, and their subcommittee for compensation. And we found out that James Franklin isn't going anywhere in 2022. He's staying put with Penn State. A 10-year contract has been drawn up. Uh, that's through 2031. Uh, that is $7 million guaranteed per year. We're going to go through some of the other fine print here, but those are the basics. And put it to bed right now, whether it's Southern Cal or LSU or now the Florida Gators job, James Franklin uh, accepting the job here at Penn State and staying put for at least the next year. Yeah, and I, we're not big on legalese, so we're still just working through it. It was actually just announced uh, less than an hour ago, but uh, seems like that's uh, that's one that ties him down for a little while. Uh, the buyout, of course, is the thing that everybody looks to first, and that's uh, fairly high to start. Um, goes down after a while, so that's that's the thing that really jumps out to me. You got a twelve million dollar buyout, uh, you know, by the coach if he voluntarily leaves in in the next year. So you know. Until next year, I guess we're we're gonna sit here and and uh, wring our hands over this contract. But uh, yeah, you get some stability um, and a lot of the things as as we've mentioned throughout the 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 process. A lot of the things had to do with commitments to um, other things, uh, facilities. Of course, is always brought up, um, but assistant salaries and just kind of everything that works around the sphere of the program. It's not so much the the, the things that show up on Saturday and and um, this is gonna come with some legitimate criticism. I mean, you, you look at what he's done over the last two years and, you know, you can throw COVID out all you want, but Penn state, uh, you know, is uh, seven and four right now. Sorry to do some math in my head, but seven and four right now. So that's nine losses in the last two years. So there's going to be people griping about this. There's going to be people nationally that are, that are questioning this, but this is the state of college athletics today. This is the state of what you've come to expect at most programs. I mean, how we, we talked about Mel Tucker's extension just, just yesterday when we were on here and he's only been at uh, Michigan state for a year now. So um, that's, that's kind of what you get with, uh, with college football these days, but it seems like there's some, some groundwork, some infrastructure laid for what he's trying to do here. Um, there were some reports that came out earlier today that he did not want another rebuild. That's kind of been consistent with what he said and what we've heard for the last uh, couple of years. Cause he came in uh, to a situation in Penn state that was not, uh, not completely ideal to his credit, turned around, won a big 10 title. Um, and now I think he's, he, he's riding on that for a little bit. So, uh, I think he's going to be here for a little while. I think there's going to be a lot less uh, song and dance maybe next year in the in the couple years in advance. Uh, he doesn't sit still well, so that's uh, that's one thing that that will um, continue to monitor in terms of uh, matching the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, uh, and some of these other programs because I think that in, inevitably that's what he wants to do is he wants to make this a better job, not necessarily you know for the next guy for him whatever, but make this a job that uh, you know Penn State fans can can see as a top five, a top ten job. 
James Franklin in year number eight right now. Um, you know, you look back to what he did at Vanderbilt, what he's done at Penn State, when a lot of people pretty much buried Penn State and figured they wouldn't be a factor for a long time. He goes and wins that Big Ten title in 2016. That's the first of three in a four-year span where they go for 11 wins in a season, um, something that this program had not done since the early 1990s. So a lot to like about that. You think about what he did with Vanderbilt and and the, that three-year vacuum of time for the, for the Vanderbilt program compared to anything they've done really at any other point with that Commodores team. It speaks volumes. I think he's got that reputation as a guy who can build the culture up, but do you want to go start that from scratch or you want to do it here where you have this foundation? Um, you know, the money ain't bad. I, I, I know there's, there's higher salaries to be found across college football right now. Um, but we're also not talking about a coach who has a national championship. It's, it's been five years since that big 10 title run. Um, but looking through those numbers a little bit right now here, Sean, uh, over these 10 years, it's, it's 7 million a year, but that includes, or that is also without factoring in, I should say, a $500,000 retention bonus. That's an annual thing. And then up to $1 million of incentives per year. So it's more than that $7 million. A lot of these bonuses will be met. The retention bonus, if he's around, that's that's five hundred k tacked onto this thing. And let's face it, you want James Franklin to be a desirable potential candidate for, for top-tier college football programs because that means Penn State's doing well. When people stop wanting James Franklin, that means things aren't going right for Penn State and they aren't interested in what he's selling. Right now, look, you talked about the last two years, that sample size, that there's a lot of people today who are going to be disappointed with this outcome, maybe wanted to see a fresh start for the program, and they're going to point to these last couple of years and the 11-9 and nine record and the possibility, if they lose at Michigan State, of, of going back-to-back -back years under 500 in the Big Ten, something that hasn't been done here in 16, 17 years. But then you can just quickly turn around the corner and see those three 11-win seasons in a four-year span where Penn State clearly was ascending as the next team in the Big Ten behind Ohio State. I think that thought process right now is on hold a little bit. You can throw a lot of teams into that mix. I don't think there's a definitive number two in the Big Ten Conference behind Ohio State right now based on, let's say, the last 20 games of football in this conference. But Penn State's in that conversation, and if they're going to start building towards James Franklin uh, where he wants this program, they're going to need to get start by getting back to at least that and, and then get the Buckeyes in their crosshairs. Recruiting's going to be big. We'll talk about that impact in a moment. Uh, but but he is locked in with Penn State based on this, this outcome, and the, the buyout scares you a little bit. I think when you look past 2023, it drops down to $2 million. So this is a conversation that will be had in terms of him being a commodity for other schools. But clearly he is valued here in Happy Valley by the administration. This is an administration that's going to be undergoing some changes, certainly during the course of this contract and very soon. So James Franklin must have liked what he heard about the direction that the university wants to head in, what the commitment they're going to give. Because it's been a divisive topic from James Franklin's standpoint and then the standpoint of looking at James Franklin as the leader for this Nittany Lions program. And I want to correct myself. I got my I got my numbers backwards here. Um, we talk about that buyout, the scary thing, and this is trying what I what I was trying to get into. If they want to fire James Franklin, it's his current year compensation, which is that seven to eight million dollar range, depending on the year, times the number of years remaining in his contract. So hmm. that tells me you're not firing James Franklin anytime soon. Uh, that one is, I think, well in his favor in terms of of how that works. But that's kind of what we've seen in college football. I mean, how much is Dan Mullen getting um, for, for his, uh, for his uh, you know, 
after getting the axe this week. So um, that's kind of what you expect with college football. It's, it's a little more than, than I would have priced out, but uh, that's the, that's the one I'm looking at. But the, what we were talking about before is if he would choose to take another position, go to the NFL, take a USC and LSU as speculated this year, then that's where that buyout uh, is kind of stacked up there in, in Penn state's favor in the first couple of years. So if you caught, what we said in the opening and you said you're an idiot because you got that backwards. Yes, I admit it. I'm an idiot for getting that backwards. I'm just processing this information as well. And, uh, you know, Tyler, we don't have retention bonuses in our contract. So this is all outsider stuff to us. Oh, you don't? I'm sorry to hear that, Sean. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we look at zeros at least. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I think when we look at Franklin here um, and the decision that goes into this, it's hard not to look back at that early October juncture when Southern Cal is buzzing and, and that possibility is buzzing. I think that's before um, the LSU job was going to be opening up and obviously well before Dan Mullen got canned down in Gainesville. But I'll tell you what, you think about how many times James Franklin was asked point blank from, let's say, late September, early October to this afternoon and how many times he had to find a way to give a non-answer while still sounding like he cared about the future for Penn State and was invested in the future for Penn State, but without saying, I'm definitely going to be the coach in 2022. I'm glad that we can put all that to rest. I think it's good for the team. It's good for Franklin. But again, I think if people think that you have 10 years now of silence on the subject, get real. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not how that's going to work at all. As I said, he doesn't sit sit on his hands very well um and and let that stuff go. It was funny today at the press conference cuz he kept getting the same question a couple of times and it's like obviously the compensation committee has to to sign off on this before he can say anything. It's it's amazing uh sometimes when you when you watch that stuff, but uh uh recruiting as you mentioned, this is uh Penn State's got the number 5 recruiting class in the country. They got the number 4 recruiting class in the country for 2023. Um I've been in touch with a bunch of commits uh since the news came out. Uh a mixture excited, relieved, um but also just kind of optimistic because those are that's the uh that's the coach, that's the staff, that's the, you know, what they've signed up for and to see it come back to fruition or to see it to come to fruition in terms of how that's going to come together for their group has to make them feel good right now. Yeah. And uh, Drew Aller very quickly quote tweeting James Franklin or the, uh, the James Franklin contract news put out by Penn state with a hashtag. We are three weeks from tomorrow, Sean, it is the early signing period. He's the number one quarterback on the 24 seven sports board. You've been saying for a long time that Franklin's here, Drew Aller's here in January. That's getting really close to happening. Now, uh, all these things becoming reality and look, if they can get through this Michigan state matchup and whatever lies ahead in the postseason, that's going to be determined after signing day. But you look at that kind of how these last two years have gone and, and what they're still going to be able to bring in, in just a matter of a month or so with this freshman class, pretty low impact freshman class that we've been talking about here at Penn State in 2021. There's a lot that this 2022 class could do right off the bat, starting with spring ball when they get to campus and James Franklin and more importantly, down the line, the staff that has some assuredness now from his sticking around. Think about all the assistants and their families and wondering what he's going to do and how that could impact them. You can kind of you can kind of just narrow that focus now. And I think that's good for everybody involved from the recruits to the assistant coaches to the players in that locker room. And of course, the head coach who it's been hard not to say that he has looked distracted at different points of this season. I, w I would say it's pretty remarkable how Penn State's been able to to keep this class not together because this is this is a pretty tight knit class to begin with. But with all that speculation and the 
prolong speculation. I mean, this has been almost two months now. Um, you know, they've they've kind of said the right things to these guys, but at the same time, I mean, if you're Drew Aller or somebody in this class, you need to to keep your your you know keep something in the back of your mind to say what what's my option if he does leave. So this kind of sets it to sets the speculation to rest. Um, Aller's, you know, he came out and said uh, that uh, he, he's super relieved. I mean, I, I get that one, um, but this is a guy that was attached to Mike Yersich. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on here. And to be honest with you, um, you know, I, I think there's probably some part of that negotiation that put this class in front of him said, Hey, we've got the number one quarterback in the country. We've got the number four class in the country, guys that can come in and be difference makers at the next level. And that helps. I mean, that's going to help James Franklin's uh, you know, negotiation tactics there. Um, on top of that, uh, it was a funny comment that we got from Caden Saunders. He said he knew it was coming. He's just being patient. He said Franklin sat down with uh, with Saunders and Drew Shelton in October and explained that the extension was coming. It was just a matter of hammering out the details. So these guys have expected this for a while, but it's always nice to see it come to fruition, uh, Be yeah, get pen to paper, as some of these guys said, and just move on because signing day is is in less than a month. Because they are hearing it from a lot of different angles that James Franklin is leaving. You need to get out. You got to be proactive. Leave the Penn State class before James Franklin leaves Penn State. All those kind of stuff they have definitely been hearing. These are coveted recruits. There's a reason why this is a highly ranked recruiting class. And, um, you know, again, three weeks from Wednesday, uh, it's, it sure seems like everybody's prepared to put pen to paper and, and get this thing uh, done for Penn State. So I, I think from from that standpoint, it's a huge win. And then you kind of look a little bit further down the road. One thing that when I'm sure when James Franklin was maybe presented with present problems that his program is encountering, he was pointing to future fixes and what the resources were going to be required to, to, to take those kind of strides. And certainly you can do that with the recruiting class. You can point to the recruiting class. But talking resources here, which is a, always a bit a big buzz word with, with James Franklin and, and people want to talk about facilities and the assistant coach pool what do you think moving forward into the offseason, this decision from the university and from James Franklin means from that point of view? I'm, I mean, you look at his comments uh, after in the, in the release from Penn State, and I mean, he goes right to it. He says, nine, nine weeks ago, the administration approached me about making a long-term investment for our football program. Number one, that's not saying an investment in me. That's saying an investment in the program for, for everything. Um, you know, you're looking at things like uh, academic support, community outreach, name, image, and likeness, which I think Penn State's behind on right now. Um, and they can really use some, you know, just a kick in the right direction on that. Facility improvements, student athlete housing, which has been huge for him, um, technology and, and, and things like that all around the building. So, I mean, he, he kind of outlines it here. This is not, uh, this is not one thing. Um, it's about, I, I hate to go into the cliches that they've been using, but being competitive 365 days a year with those playoff teams. And I don't know if they've got the fundraising to get there. I don't know if they've got everything in line and in order to, to, to be in that or to, to, to get to where they want to be, but they're trying to point themselves in that direction. It certainly gives you stability. That is something that is uh, glaringly lacking in a lot of what we consider blue blood college football programs right now. Just look around. Some of these jobs have become revolving doors of guys who come in with a lot uh, of clout and then two or three years they're recycled out the other side and they're looking for a rebound position and that that program is still at a crossroads. It's, it's at every big conference right now. And you look around the Big Ten, a lot of teams it looks like are going to be sticking with their current leaders this year um, based on some announcements. Doesn't look like a lot of change happening. But here at Penn State, 
we're already talking about year number nine for James Franklin in 2022. We'll see how how further it goes beyond that. But essentially a decade uh, for the man who replaced Bill O'Brien. And considering his age, the way he had kind of moved around in his career, like 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 a lot of coaches before their first head coaching job. Um, I know he's a Pennsylvania guy, but I'd have to imagine that most people, when James Franklin was hired in 2014, had an expiration date lined up that was far before where we are right now as he's signing a 10-year contract. Yeah, what's he, number two in the Big Ten in terms of, of longevity behind Kirk Ferenz? I mean, that's yeah. pretty pretty incredible, and that's a, another one of those products of college football type things where you're thinking how long – I mean, it is, a, is an eight-year tenure – that long and and it is so um it looks like he's he's ready to lock it down for for at least a little while um you can never say uh he's going to be an, an 18th year head coach in 10 years um but uh it, it seems like they've he, he it seems like he trusts what they're trying to tell him that they're they're going to commit to and that's that's a big thing because you know, as we mentioned uh usc not the job that you would think of when you think of Pete Carroll and USC at the beginning of the last decade. Um, and, and then there's some other ones. There's, there's plenty of questions there. So uh, you, you will see what happens. You got to chase Ohio state. And now let's be honest. I mean, it's time to uh, time to take the next step for James Franklin. There's accountability in this. I think there's uh, definitely, you know, you put your, you put everything on the table here and now it's time to come through. They think they've got a quarterback that can get them there. Um, that's been kind of what's, held them back in terms of taking that next, next step. We will see if it, if it comes over the next couple of years, but Penn state's locked in, he's locked in and, and we'll see what happens from there. James Franklin, 67 and 32, uh, fittingly, uh, game number 100 coming up. Uh, just put that together with some quick math against Michigan state and looking to go to eight and four. They haven't, uh, settled for seven wins in a regular season since 2015. Certainly don't want to start things off like that after the new contract is announced, but, uh, James Franklin, the Ninja Lions, back on Saturday. We'll be back to preview things on Wednesday, give you our predictions before Thanksgiving, and also uh, some more thoughts coming out of this extension. We've got a bunch to get to coming out of the press conference today with Franklin regarding team health and some roster decisions. That's coming up. We wanted to get to you with this breaking news. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our producer, Lance Glenn and Sean Fitz. I am Tyler Donahue. This is the Lions 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.